Hi, my name is Emiliano Caballero. Welcome to my podcast of my journey as a music producer. This is a first episode, so I'm very curious to see how this pans out, how the audience and the listener, uh, you uh, like what I think I have to say. And uh, just first of all, thank you for listening, wherever you are in the car, in supermarket, like walking, your dog, wherever you are. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your uh, listening. And I hope my sole purpose of this podcast is just to share with you the experiences that for me have helped and shaped my, 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 you know, my professional and personal career, like that shape who I am. My goal with this podcast is that my experiences, both growing up in Spain, uh, my prof professional and uh, personal experiences can help you in, um, in better understanding your own path, your own way. By any means, this is not a podcast of like how to do things. I don't consider myself in any position to give advice, but I, the only thing I can say is I can, I, I like to listen and hear other people's experiences both in, again, professional and personal life. And from there, draw my conclusions and like, hopefully I can get some, some uh, ideas out of it. So with no further ado, let's uh, start. This first episode, I'd like to title it uh, A Music Producer in a Small Town in Spain. Dreaming of becoming a music producer in a small town. And in Spain, because it's my own case, but uh, you can actually extrapolate this to any place. And, or any country that uh, does not, uh, you know, count the, the main cities. Like as I, as I record and do this podcast, I'm sitting here in my in my house in Los Angeles, California, and it has been a long way ever since. And uh, this felt always more like a dream than anything else that uh, could not be achieved, to to a lot of reasons, but. Uh, the fact that I'm here like reassures my the my belief of I mean not uh, I don't like to say everything is possible because uh, life is not uh, so black and white and so like uh, sunshines and lollipops but I do believe like uh, the the strength of someone's mindset can always shape the person you become long story short uh, I want to just share in this first episode how it started, how my, my love of music started and how my, my, my outlook to my life and to what I wanted to become started to change while I was growing up and, uh, and yeah, fighting all these uh, small town thoughts, small town minds, mindsets and, and ways of thinking and, and a, I think a limited uh, belief of one, one's life and one's abilities. Let me start from the beginning. Uh, when I was three years old, I was well. I was born in Uruguay, first of all. I was born in uh, Montevideo, is the capital of Uruguay. My family, it's uh, all born in Uruguay, all from Uruguay. Um, my great grandparents are on like family ancestors. They, they came from uh, Spain and Italy and Europe, but uh, basically. Since all the family that I know, that I have met, are from Uruguay. Long story short, my parents, like first of all, my dad, when I was three years old, he moved to Spain to basically try to 
searching a better life for, for, of course, himself and his family. His family being me, my sister, my mom, and my grandmother. And um, when I was, I think, in 1990, um, I don't recall. I mean, I'm just saying this of experiences and, and, and anecdotes that my parents shared with me. I have no memory of this. I do trust them, though. And, uh, yeah, I started in, uh, in Spain, my, my memory of life. So I was three years old, my parents moved there. I started to go to school there. I remember I think my first memories in Spain. Yeah, I'd be like maybe four or five years old. Growing up in Lugo, it's a city in Galicia, which is the northwest of Spain, a very, uh, let's say, a small region with uh, limited uh, economy, li limited business uh, opportunities, limited career opportunities, a very, a very beautiful area of Spain, but uh, not the business center of the country, if, uh, if I can paint a picture of what Galicia is. I do love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, I, I urge anyone that listens to it to check it out and treat Galicia with uh, the love that uh, it deserves if you go there as a tourist. Don't rush. Uh, basically, growing up in Galicia, I was uh, going to school there in, uh, in um, Lugo, which is a Roman city, I think 2000 years old, 2020 something years old, I guess. Huh? And... Um, so basically, I was growing up in Lugo. Uh, the city is uh, thousands of years old because uh, Romans uh, founded, and uh, I used to go to school there in uh, the main square of the of the town. So in the city center, and living like maybe ten minutes walking from that uh, from that school. Like in Spain, especially, like you walk everywhere. So my memories of being a kid is just walking everywhere and and, and uh, going to school and playing. So I think it wasn't up until I was like six or eight that uh, I started to realize, be aware of what music was, meaning like I was aware that there was something that you would play and makes made you like dance or like have like certain attitude and certain feelings. So I started to like get interested in that. I remember, of course, my, my dad who plays the guitar, like asking me and my sister when we were kids like to sing along and like we we of course like we didn't like find much uh, joy in it but uh yeah i think it was uh, was an interesting uh, way of uh, of um passing uh, someone's uh, heritage and culture onto your kids because uh looking back in 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 my own history i i, I see that my parents uh, tried to instill the culture they grew up in in Uruguay with either music or like, uh, you know, food habits and culture, like uh, drinks, like mate and, you know, their habits and costumes that they were not that different from the Spanish ones because it was not like Asia or, or South America, you know, or like kind of the same. But still, like they, they felt, of course, there was a different continent, it was a different country, and for them it was the first time living in a different country, which me having done that with no kids, I can imagine it's uh, only stressful. Long story short, I started to be interested in music. Um, I think about 12, 13 years old, I started to play a bit of guitar, a bit of piano. And uh, 
mostly getting like music lessons at school, like just the, the regular run of the mill music lessons that all of my classmates were, were taking. But I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, in, in Spain, basically, you start music lessons with a flute, which is a very funny instrument. I mean, I was always wanted to like play guitar, but there was no guitar lessons there. So anyway, I had to play the flute. And uh, then I started to to play the guitar. And um, and that really caught my attention, to be honest. I, I started to like listen to a lot of music. I listened to a lot of bands, especially British bands. I through my dad I discovered like Dire Straits and then I started to like dig more into like British music and I think I was 14, 15 years old when I started to like listen to Eric Clapton and Cream and Ginger Baker and uh, uh, Jimmy Page and Black Sabbath and the Stones and uh, Hank Marvin, the Shadows, the Animals, like all was the British invasion uh, bands. And I just really got hooked to, to guitar driven music. Um, but of course, that when I was a teenager, like 14, 15 years old, especially listening to like albums like Dark Side of the Moon, it's, uh, it was a different, a strange feeling where you know that exists, but you have no idea where is that being made, how it's being made and who is making it. For me, like London seemed like the moon, you know, growing up in a small town that then, and I actually, up until I was 19 years old, I never left Spain, so, or 18, I can't remember. So for me, I never leaving the country was, that gap of going somewhere else was very big in my head. Nevertheless, I started to like listen to a lot of albums, a lot of music, a lot of music, and try to play that music along um, with my guitar. I didn't, there were no YouTube, there were no like music lessons on how to play Jimmy Page, uh, Rumble On or like Communication Breakdown, but just like trying to figure it out with a, with a cassette or a CD and just rewinding it and playing it until exhaustion. And that really was basically the school of playing music, which most of the musicians grew up like that, I think, at least in my, in my circle of uh, people that I know. And then I started to to play drums, and, and that's what I, I got really into, like trying to form a band and trying to to play with people. Because up until I think I was 15 years old, I I only played like my, with my dad, and that's it. Like I didn't play with any band. So after playing, I think a few months the drums, I with, a, with some friends from school, we set out to play some uh, covers of like just punk bands and. And we were terrible, but we did have fun, and and it was the first time playing with people, so it's always, it's always something you remember, because uh, from what I, from how I understand music, I, I enjoy music being shared with other musicians and playing with people. I'm not the kind of musician that enjoys being alone and just playing music by itself. You know, that's for me, it's uh, not very appealing. So basically, I started to play with. Uh, with a band, that band uh, was didn't. I mean, we didn't do anything. We just mostly played in a, in our like uh, small rehearsal space, and we never played shows or anything because we were we were really bad. <laughs> Long story short, uh, I kept uh, playing with anyone that would like to play music in my, in my hometown in Lugo, and uh, I just 
kept practicing, 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 playing, playing, playing. And f back then, my basically my dream was just to have a band and tour and make music. I my thought of making records was not there yet because I I was not aware of what making records actually was. That took a, a few years to find out, but uh, but I, I'm very very grateful of that experience of playing with a lot of people and a lot of friends and I mean nothing serious nothing that we were any good but we were just like having a good time and I think when I was 18 I I I had more clear that I wanted to be a musician I wanted to play music but the reality of uh, the place I was in my reality was like well I there was no no very clear path for me to be a musician so I thought like well maybe just uh, study something that is uh, interesting and that it can get you a, a job and from there hopefully things change and you can figure out how to how to make music and how to live out of music so I remember I applied for for three or four different schools I did I applied I remember for like medicine school and chemistry school and uh, another, I think, uh, engineering school in uh, in Galicia. And at the end, like uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't get uh, into medical school, and I got uh, got accepted in engineering and chemistry. And I was like, well, let's do chemistry and see what's up. But to not much, with not much thought. Like I was like, well, I'll 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 do it and I'll figure it out on on the go how to to do what I want to do to do. And in that year, when I went to to university in another city called La Coruña, I started to meet another musicians, play with other people in just like small rehearsal rooms and just getting to know the people in the scene. And um, it was it was a fun process, I have to say. It was it was a discovery of new things and living in a new place and being my, by by myself and figuring things out in life and what do you want to do and making new friends and having new experiences and living by by you know your own set of uh, habits and rules so that was i think i i would recommend everyone to just at the 18 just try to live your life and and try to discover who you real who you are i mean it's a continuous process but i think it really helps to detach from from being with your family all the time that year is the first year I started to form my first band with some friends from uh, from my hometown, actually, from Lugo. And we started to play just music, like rock music, uh, actually with a bagpipe, which is kind of funny. <laughs> because bagpipe is the main instrument of Galician folk music. But... Um, yeah, we just played and we had a rehearsal room. We were like refurbishing, so it took us entire summer to refurbish this uh, rehearsal room, which came out quite okay for what we had at the time. And then we started rehearsing and trying to play small gigs every now and then, and trying to play bars around Lugo or on Galicia. And I remember like uh, this few first shows; it was really fun. But of course, looking back, we were not that good. Yeah, like everything you have to you have to basically let the the dirty water run before the clear water starts to come out of the tap if that uh, if that makes sense but um one of the things that i i remember is the fact that we wanted to record a demo 
And I started to, with a laptop that I had, I started to like find out how to make demos. And back then it was, it was maybe it was 2004. And back then I remember like it was a very, very um, archaic way of, of working. I remember like I had to make drums in something in MIDI called Guitar Pro and then export the MIDI. Uh, the guitars, I was using something called a tone port that it sounded awful, but it's what it was. And uh, basically I was just doing the demos with just a cheap audio interface. Back then there were like no, mostly no plugins. There was no like virtual instruments. I remember all the sounds that we were gathering, it was with just a Casio or keyboard or something. But uh, it kind of put my my mind into how music is made. And I started to like just for my own sake and to try to learn I started to try to make covers of songs that I liked and um, that was the f how I started to think about production so I would listen to a song try to like copy it with the sounds that I and the, 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 the resources that I had available that took I think a solid year of just like making awful demos but learning and um, after I think a couple of years of having a band and like doing these little demos and, and trying to figure things out in, in like how to record and what's a cable and how's a microphone being connected to an interface and what's phantom power and all this like technical stuff which it took me a while to, to understand to be honest then uh, we set out to record our first like professional demo and that was a funny process because we went, uh, I think, on the internet to on MySpace to f try to find studios around my uh, around our, our towns, and we ended up going to a place that uh, in the coast of Galicia, at a house of a, of a guy that had a band, and and we basically make a record on his like living room. He had more experience than us making a, a demo, so he like he recorded the drums, the guitars, and the vocals and stuff. And that was the first time that I was like, okay, man, this is uh, something I want to get into it. But at the same time, I was like, man, there is no way I can make a living out of this in, like, in this environment. I, I, and for me, it was a very easy equation because I would see people that uh, was doing what I wanted to do and the struggles and like how difficult and how limited the, the resources were. And I was like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it to the best of my abilities and to the best of what is available meaning like if I want to be a producer I want to try to like learn from the best of the best of the best not just the best in my region I wanted to like I don't know why but I wanted to like do it the best I could basically. and after that demo we basically uh, tour a bit and play shows and play gigs and my idea of uh, of being a producer started to like be clearer and clearer, not just uh, a producer, but uh, a musician that makes songs and writes songs and produces songs and records it and maybe produces for other artists as well. And that started to like gain strength in my in my mind. No, it wasn't until the, I think 2009 when with my band, we decided to actually write and make the, our first album, like I think it was 11 songs or something. So that w I actually stepped in a recording studio that was somehow like was a professional recording studio with my friend Arturo, who is a, a good friend and engineer in the, in Galicia. So um, 
Yeah, we spent months writing music and me like arranging demos and thinking how the guitar parts would go and how the drums would go and what instruments like keyboards and hammonds and when to play a solo, how the intro was. So working all these parts, that uh, it was a good, good school for me. Um, then when we kind of had all the ideas done, we set out to, okay, let's go to the studio and like, let's multitrack. So we first recorded the drums and then the guitars. The, back then was no a lot of like guitar simulators, so we just basically did everything with real instruments. And I realized that when there was bass overdubs, I liked to be there as well. But when there was guitar overdubs, I liked to be there. So I liked to be there all the time when we were making a record. So I was like, man, this is something I could get used to. It. Besides playing music and making songs and like playing live, I, I, I was like, this could be a day job, you know. But again, with no idea how this will uh, happen, because back then I, I didn't know any producer in my in my circle of people that I knew. Like for me, it was kind of like something you see on TV. You will see like you know the producer of Michael Jackson, the Beatles, and all kind of stuff. But it was like, yeah, this is not my reality. This is like something on TV. But yeah, I kept I kept at it, and I will I will ask uh, Arturo to like try to be at the studio whenever he had time, and and, and just to learn and watch him. And that as well was another year, couple of years of of just going to the studio whenever I had the time, just to watch and to learn something, and and just practicing on my own and trying to like get better, and and and, and just with the little resources that I had just trying to become better because uh, I had clear that the main problem it was that my lack of knowledge and experience yes of course lack of resources money or uh, or gear that to learn with and I mean of course that's a big thing but for me the everything started in your head with the ideas of the songs and the productions and the sounds and the arrangements so for me that was what I really wanted to have clear and that basically didn't cost money so you only had to listen to music and analyze so I would analyze with you know, I would listen to records and, and, and write down oh the intro is actually the same melody as the bridge but with a different instrument. So all these things just trying to like study the records that I liked. And um, for me, if I have to say one moment that say like okay this is um, this is when I decided that I wanted to become a, a producer and wanted to like go full on. It's a story that is very interesting because uh, back then I was studying chemistry and I decided to go on Erasmus to Oslo, to Norway, to learn English mostly because I knew that I needed to learn English to, in order to, you know, be outside Spain for any reason. So I was like, okay, I have to learn English in a, in the on the outside Spain. So I managed to get Erasmus there. I studied for like a semester in uh, in Norway in Oslo. And I met musician friends, and I, I used to go to gigs and play with friends. I, my student housing was next to a lake, so in the summer we'd go to the lake and play guitar and just write songs and just have fun, drink beer. And I kind of like started to think, okay, I have to take a decision. That was 21, I think, at the time, or 22. I have to take a decision where and where do I want to be and what do I want to do? Because... Uh, for me at the time, I, I thought I was already too late to decide my 
my life, which is kind of funny. Like at 22, say, like, oh, it's too late. I have to stick with it for the rest of my life to do chemistry because it's too late. But it's actually not. I don't think it's never too late, to be honest. Um, but that enforced the idea that I had to take a decision. So after like a lot of thinking, especially because I, I was doing uh, lab work and I really didn't like that, that kind of work. And I realized I didn't like it when I was doing it. So I decided like, you know, I have to be uh, true to myself and I really have to enjoy my life. And this is not what I supposed to do in my life and have to have to change it. I'm the power. I'm in the power to change it. So I remember telling my parents like, yeah, I'll I'll try to finish school, but I'll, I'm going to do something else. Of course, I mean, I'm sure they were scared. But uh, I did try in with, uh, back then, to like ask for scholarships in different schools. And it was a, it was a interesting experience coming back to Spain and then looking for scholarships in London and, 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 and England and Manchester. Because I remember there were like, I think, three times where I got scholarships, but for one reason or the other, either the scholarship was like 75% or 100%, or maybe the scholarship was like canceled at the last minute that it felt like, okay, I, I got it, and then they took it away. So it was kind of tough to like just keep insisting, but I was like, man, if I'm not going to be able to study and get a scholarship somewhere to study music production outside of Spain... I'll just work for free and learn from anyone that can have me and, and I'll, that will be my school. So I started to email every single studio in Spain. Uh, sorry, every single studio outside Spain. Abbey Road, England, Belgium, Netherlands and everything. So long story short, after a year and a half of sending emails, a studio in Belgium, Galaxy Studios, replied to me. And uh, I think... This next story will be for a next episode, but I hope you like my my take of, of uh, on how to you know get from a small town in order to pursue your dreams or whatever you think that you want to do in life. And um, yeah, don't I would say try to not uh, listen to the noise or the negativity that is uh, some times. Uh, not only in small cities, negativity is everywhere, but somehow in small cities, the, the limit, uh, the limited view of on life and, and responsibilities is always, it's always a factor. So that's why, to be honest, I, I, I'm very confident, confident or comfortable uh, living in like Los Angeles or Paris or London or New York, because uh, at the end it's, uh, you have your own, gang, your own uh, tribe, the, the people that think alike. I, and not necessarily you have to be surrounded with people that only think like you because that's an echo chamber and, and don't think it's that very healthy either. But at least to, to, to discover people that trigger interest in you, that want to to maybe not do the same things, but like different interest and shared interest. That I, for me, that's... It's very, very interesting, and, and I'm not saying that it's in, in small towns you don't find that, but it's way more rare. So, well, thank you for uh, reaching the end with me. I hope you like it. If you if you have any questions, please uh, comment on uh, on the app that you are listening to. 
I would appreciate if you subscribe, if you leave a review on your thoughts on this uh, on this podcast. And uh, I'll see you next time. Have a great day, wherever you are.